Our opinions aren't too tough, rough, or gruff. We are proof that you don't have to be an expert to have an opinion. So just... Shut up and sit down. This is Sports Stuff with Jim and Muff. This is Sports Stuff with Jim and Muff. I'm excited. Are you excited, Muff? I'm excited. I'm excited. I am, buddy. This is good stuff. Sports is good. There's going to be a, a segment where we talk about, you know, football. We talk about fighting. We talk about all kinds of stuff. Lots of stuff, Muff. That's good. Oh, goodness. Uh, there's a lot. There's a lot to unpack this week in the football world, so especially much in the college football world. Um, Old Miss had a, a choice on Saturday after their whatever Liberty and former head coach Hugh Freeze. Um, and that choice was violence. Actually, it was before any of that. Um, and then they had a quick apology, deleting of tweets, and it's a whole, it's a whole shitstorm. What I like about all that was Lane Kiffin uh, was like, that, that ain't me, guys. That ain't me. I know you think it's me, but that ain't me. <laughs> Wasn't it? Uh, NCAA football overall this weekend did not disappoint. Uh, gave us some exciting games, some interesting outcomes, and a new shakeup within the rankings upcoming. And we all know it's coming. Yeah. The committee's going to be like, well, oh no, we made a boo boo. We, we did something wrong. We're not sure what we're going to divulge to the world that we messed up yet, but we're going we're to do something. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, the NFL, uh, welcome back, Adrian Peterson, this week. Mm-hmm. That happened. All and Colt day. McCoy. And Colt um, McCoy, he's back. I don't, if, I don't know if he was welcomed, but he's there. He's a winner. He is a winner. Christian McCaffrey came back for the Panthers this week, too. He'll get hurt again. Okay. And Colt McCoy will get back to being a backup at some point. I mean, that's to be, yeah, probably. To be expected at probably. some point. Uh, the Braves won the World Series last week. Yay. Okay. Next. It's about like soccer at this point, and that's baseball. Well, we don't have soccer gurus so we have baseball guru who was on the show last week dropped a lot of knowledge bombs on the people he did he did it was actually even geared up for some more knowledge bombs about the atlanta braves organization but uh we we held out on that maybe another day another day another day another dollar college basketball starts this week (laughs) that means more betting opportunities jim more 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 no for you and alex maybe not me i'm out i tap out that basketball for Jim? That's it. I'm done. We'll start talking right. basketball. I'm out. All right. As always, follow us at Sports Jim Moff on Instagram and Twitter. Listen to not just this show, but the weekly betting show during football season that comes out every Thursday and includes some special get picks, of which we had a winner this week. Another winner. We did. So our yeah, best bets. Too. Well, there's always winners. There's always losers. So let's get into the show. It's time for NFL Week 9 Breakdown. Breakdown. Joining us this week, as usual during the NFL Breakdown, we have not only Jim and myself, Muff, but we also have the favorite beanbag bop, beanbag bop couple themselves, Sam and Nate. Emphasis on Sam being first. She's Damn not even looking at us right now. She's like Pinteresting. I'm not Pinteresting. No, I think she's. That was white. earlier. 
No, I think she's a little upset because we're packing away the beanbags for the year. Uh huh. So Sam, how do how do you put the beanbags away? How do we what? How do you put the beanbags away? You just tuck them into their little bag and they go to sleep. And how does one do that? Well, you just put them in their Ziploc bag and zip them up and put them in the closet. Going in the closet with your with your beanbags. Now, do you have to scrub the beanbags before you do that? I mean, they probably should be clean, but Nate does not ask me to do that. Yeah. Fair enough. He's he likes to do it himself. It's, it's understandable, Nate. It's understandable. You leave the dirty work for yourself. All right, into week nine. So, Nate, uh, are there any ceremonies for you around the end of your football officiating season? Anything fun that you do? Anything fun that you get to do now? No, I mean, the only thing I might do now is I might actually, maybe this week, um, go catch a playoff game or so. I mean, there's always the opportunity to go and observe if I want to and tag along with the crew, but I don't know. But I mean, hire a hat, like, you don't keep the hats year round, do you? No, the hats go away in the closet, but I think this is the end of my fourth season. I think it's time to upgrade some gear, like new hats. And this year I brought in new shoes. So got to keep the repertoire up and up to date. Gotcha. gotcha. I mean, my hats were definitely getting faded. And I think I had uh, one of the uh, little things in my belt kind of broke off this year but i've been wearing it for both sports for he definitely needs a new belt we are definitely retiring said belt all right so santa if you're listening our man nate needs a new belt duly noted mm-hmm. what uh, getting into the nfl football week nine breakdown first thursday night's game jets taking on the colts the colts run all over the jets in a game that saw magic mike white go out with an injury never to return colts are relevant again in the afc south as they jump on the jonathan taylor bus 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 on route to a 45 to 30 win thursday night football jets colts i didn't know this game was on and i knew it was thursday like i wouldn't gonna turn this on anyway actually not a bad game to watch high scoring right? yeah actually not the most terrible thing Fair enough. Um, yeah Next, we got the Raiders taking on the Giants on Sunday, daytime football. The Giants take advantage of turnovers to get win number three over the Raiders, 23-16. to 16. This is a game that, a quick glance at the numbers, you would not expect this outcome, as the Raiders outpace the Giants 400-3 to three to 245 in total yards. So we're blaming this on the turnovers? We're blaming this on, on Johnny not being there no more? What are we blaming this on? Johnny not being there, Henry Ruggs not being there. I don't know what you want to get into. I forgot about that. My fault. My fault. They obviously got the yards, so I don't yeah. think that was the problem. It's the turnovers. The turnovers were the the key in this game. Gotcha. gotcha. Oh, I'm not sure if you guys saw Deshaun Jackson announce he will be signed with the Raiders. I did see that at a glance. So that's... I'm guessing a certain a certain OBJ will be there, probably too, if I had to guess. I don't know if they're looking to welcome some more toxicity into that locker room right now. I lay some money on it. I'll put a bet on it with you, Muff. Okay. Bet down. I don't know what the bet is, but bet down. All right. Terms to be determined. Gentleman's wager. How about that? There we go. Gentleman's wager. If if I win, you get to slap me in the face with a white glove. If 
I win. I get to do the same to you. Fair. Fair. I challenge you to a duel. And next, we got the Falcons taking on the Saints. No Jameis might be a problem for the Saints as the season moves along. As they drop one to the Falcons, 27 to 25. The Falcons, at this point, have snuck up on me. Didn't realize this till I was looking at this game. The Falcons are now 4-4 four and four on the season, and they're pretty much trending in the right direction, despite not even having Calvin Ridley for who knows how long. Yeah, I I did not know they were 4-4. Four and four. Um, But this is one of those where Muff would say, like, who have they played? Have they played a bunch of cupcakes? Well, you're eight games into the season. I don't think you could play all eight games against cupcakes. All those four losses probably weren't cupcakes, now were they? Maybe not. They lost to the Jets. Yeah, that tells you they're not from anywhere. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, next, speaking of teams potentially not going anywhere, Bills taking Bills? on the Jags. The Bills? I think the Jags aren't going anywhere either, but... If you lose to the Jaguars, what's wrong with you, Bills? Urban gets his second win, first time in America. Uh, <laughs> loses, wins his very a very ugly game. One that sees Josh Allen sacking Josh Allen. I, Nate sent that video. I thought that Josh was Allen also picked off Josh Allen. Oh, is and, that right? And Josh Allen also recovered a Josh Allen fumble. Yes. See how ugly this game is. Jags kick uh, kicker missed three straight field goals, and the Bills Mafia was the dominant uh, fan base in Jacksonville. The Bills lost six to nine. This is gotta be embarrassing. Is that a Gronkowski reference there? The Bills lose 6-9 instead of the Jags winning 9-6? Yeah, the Bills lose 6-9. Yeah. Okay. It was just awful. That's ugly. The Bills need to go back and reevaluate. And I said this maybe last episode or the episode before. Like, I think the Bills are slipping and something needs to happen. Hey, what do you think? I'm curious to see how they rebound next week. Like, again, how do you just play so flat against the Jags. I can understand overlooking an opponent, but to only put up six points against this Jaguars team is pathetic. I, I think there's an offensive coordinator problem. That's my opinion. And Go I mean, on, Jim. I think they'll end up cutting him because I think they start every game out that way. I don't think that they get the, the passing game started until late, and I think they end up having to adjust in the second half. If they don't get those adjustments done right, they just they lose and come out and never pick up steam. They play the Jets next week. They were coming off a bye into this game, as I recall. Mm-hmm. So there's not a lot of room to say that they're coming off a short week or anything like that. And they don't have much of a rushing attack. And I think that's been the bigger issue to play. But they haven't had a rushing attack for two years. I think they've had some success in the running game. I don't think they're seeing much any success in the running game this year. I think that's the, the difference. They're not coming off a bye. They beat Miami last yeah. week. Well, just like a bye. And they did They did just get hurt. Uh, Zach Moss got hurt, I think, in this game. But they still have another one. They've been playing Devin, that running back by committee. They've been running back. Devin Singletary is the other one. Um, so, yeah, well, no good for the Bills. Losing to the Jags. Bunch of Jagoffs. Next, speaking of people that are called Jagoffs, we've got two Ohio teams. I, I don't even know what to say about this. Brown's taking on the Bengals in the battle for Ohio. No, 
in the battle to be relevant in Ohio. It's the battle for Ohio in the NFL terms. Yeah, no. No. You don't live here, no. It's the battle to be relevant in Ohio. Because you have Ohio State and then these two. Which is outrageous, but okay. Yeah. The Bengals, in my mind, lay the stinker of stinkers, losing 41-16 to the Browns in a week where OBJ departs from Cleveland. Uh, But maybe this is what the doctor ordered as... They win the game behind a solid defensive effort and a fantastic rushing attack as Nick Chubb goes off. Here's my thing, right? And I really mean this. If the Browns now just go crazy without OBJ, just go super good, Beckham plays or uh, Baker plays lights out. Is that does that really mean OBJ is that toxic? Like he is the the team killer? He may be the new Antonio Brown. We don't know. He's a diva. That's all he is. I mean, he wasn't getting the ball. He's like, oh, well, I'm not getting the ball. Boo-hoo, poor me. It's like he wasn't needed in Cleveland. He was enrolled in Cleveland. It's nothing. They're not losing anything. I'm just, I would, if the Browns really get that good and the OBJ is the cause, I'm going to be stunned. I wouldn't be stunned. I think OBJ is a cancer. Strong feelings out of Nate. Hey, ever since the infamous boat picture in Miami, nothing good has come for Odell Beckham Jr. So, like, that's got to be like a a 30 for 30 down the road, right? If it continues down this route for him, yes. I don't know who else is in that picture, but uh, it definitely isn't working out for him. I mean, he got the bag. Don't get me wrong. He got paid, but. Yeah, you're right. He's like, oh, well, I want to go to a contender. And I'm thinking of some, myself, some of these top teams. It's like, I don't think any of these teams are going to want it. Yeah. I mean, Green Bay could always use a receiver. You never know. But, I mean, he's not going to Tampa. He's not going to Kansas City. Baltimore, maybe. I mean, obviously not Cleveland who cut him. I don't think Cincinnati's going to take him. I don't think the Rams are going to take him. I mean, where does he think he's realistically going to end up? Jacksonville. So on that boat picture, <laughs> some of the people in on the boat picture were OBJ, Victor Cruz, Roger Lewis, and Sterling Shepard. Uh, yeah, so Sterling Shepard, the only other one in the league right now? He's still with the Giants. <laughs> yeah. That boat trip, do you think they tried to do like some kind of voodoo magic at sea? And like sold their souls? And now the devil's come to like claim them? Like, wow. That boat, I, that's a 30 for 30 right now. I'm calling it. It may already be one, and we don't even realize it. We should start a documentary. Good. What'd you say, Nate? It would have been different if that team was any good. Oh. Was it, there's already been a boat documentary, but it, it was wasn't about this. Boat. Yeah, it wasn't about this boat. It was the banana boat. Right. Different boat. Wow. Different anyway. Boat, different story, different times. Uh, more, we're going to talk more about, about OBJ in the NFL yeah. and the Fast Five, but... Uh, moving along, I don't know why how these came back to back in this, but the Broncos take on the Cowboys in another game where a team that we thought was good. They aren't back to back. You missed one. Well, we're going to do this back to back. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> Maybe I was wrong. And the Cowboys are the one that lay the stinkiest egg of the stinky eggs this week, as they can't make much of anything happen against the reeling Broncos. Remember, have lost four straight and beat the Cowboys thirty to sixteen in a game that. 
There were no mojo moments. I can't think that there were. No mojo moments. If you if you get a zero, no mo mojo moments. A weird block punt situation. Uh, Dak, he throws, you know, 232, two TDs and, a, and an interception. They're trying to blame it on Dak and his hammy. I don't think it was. It was just weird, a bad game that I would have never guessed would have been a, a blanking of the Cowboys. Cowboys defense doesn't show up. This is bad. Broncos had almost 200 yards rushing. Is that the recipe to beat the Cowboys now? Control the game on the ground, pound it out. It shouldn't have been. It shouldn't have been. I think this is a fluke. We'll see, but I think it's a fluke. That's my Nate, opinion. Nate, what do you think about the boys? I mean, if you can keep that offense off the field, that's the way to beat them. I mean, you can keep Dak, Zeke, C.D. Lamb, those guys off the field. That's the only way you're going to beat them. And I think their defense got exposed today. I don't think C.D. Lamb played today, did he? Uh, I know. He was definitely questionable. I don't know if he played. All right, moving along. In the Mike Allstock hit stick pick of the week, the Patriots never in doubt of dropping this one, winning 24-6. Thank goodness I got on board with this one. Thank goodness. Sammy D throws three picks in a game where having the New England defense was good for the fantasy team land. For some reason, Carolina's defense scored well in fantasy. They got, at least in our league, they got uh, seven points. That's... Kind of okay, I guess. Um, they Compared probably had to Dallas, who had three. Well, they probably had sacks, interceptions, blah, blah, blah. And the blah, Chargers, right? who had one. Hey, who do you got on defense? Indy. How many points do you got? Five. Five. So how can Carolinas oh. have... That's what I want to know. Let's dive It's, it's stats. Here. If you get sacks, interceptions, forced fumbles, you get points. Well, that's been a running thing for Carolina. Is that their defense does so well on the stat line, but they suck. That's like the outcomes always suck for the team. Uh, points, points will get you. It's the damn point things. It's the pants points. So real quick, since Jim brought up fantasy football land, Sam, have you been uh, keeping track of our matchup for the weekend? Yes. That was not I, a good yes. I have a two percent chance of winning. And we're back in the game. Christian McCaffrey's back. We get a win versus Sam. We're going to rumble, bumble, stumble back up to the top of the leaderboard. Hey, Nate. Yeah. You and I are playing. You notice yeah. how I didn't say anything? That's how I'm not that guy with you, Nate. I know, that's why I told Sam earlier when she said, my team sucks today. I said, that's fine. I don't stress over fantasy football. I was having a meltdown, and Nate's like, it's not even a big deal. I'm like, it's a big deal to me. Yeah. Well, you guys aren't talking about your game because you're both you're both in the suck chamber this week. You guys can't put points up there. Muff, what is your record in the league? I'm just saying, if we're talking about this Here, week. I'll look for you. If we're Muff, talking about this you're week. You're two and six. Muff, you're about, out of ten. About to be three and six. Climbing out of the cellar. It all starts with one, baby. Midway through the season. There's 17 weeks. Well, 14 weeks. Meanwhile, my wife is silently... Who doesn't even she doesn't even talk about it anymore? It's about to be seven and two, and she's just whooping all over people. 
It's ridiculous. Well, she was basically on a bye week this week because Hugh didn't change his lineup. Oh, no. Former champion Hugh. Well, he had Tyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins in his starting lineup, and they didn't play today. Way to go, Hugh. Way to go. Just Mm. giving her the L's. I mean, you're not even married to her. I know what Hugh's got going on this weekend, and you giving him the pass? Not giving him the pass. He's it's things. For, it's for the kids. It's for the oh, kids okay. this weekend. I uh, do know that. They got, not like they my got, wife has kids or anything. It's cool. They got a puppy. I don't know what to tell you. That doesn't count, Muff. Get out of here with get they out. A, they got a puppy. I don't know what to tell you. All right, let's move on. Vikings <laughs> and Ravens. Minnesota gets in themselves into another overtime game. This time does not work out in their favor as Lamar Jackson is not going to be denied. The Ravens score the final 24 points of this game and win 34 to 31 in overtime. Jackson has 266 yards passing, 120 yards rushing, and three tutties in the W. Uh, I was not impressed with Jacksonville in this game. With who? Or not Jacksonville. <laughs> I was not impressed with the Ravens in this game. We said Jackson. I got all mixed up. Um, was not impressed. I, I thought that they would put a little bit more distance between them and the Vikings during this game. And it was tight the whole way. It was not tight the whole way. Okay. Yeah, I think the Vikings jumped up early, what, 14 nothing, yeah. And then they kind of just went flat for a while. Yeah, it was 31 to... 10 and then Jackson or then yeah you got me saying it now Jim <laughs> then Baltimore scored the last 21 points in regulation and touched that field goal to win at the end of the game so this was not really a close game until I the guess end. that's what I mean is I thought that they wouldn't the overtime wouldn't happen I thought that they would just take off once they caught their stride Minnesota Minnesota's a they're a tough team to put away I give them that so I'm not gonna Fair I'm not gonna enough. judge the Ravens on this game Next, we got the Texans taking on the Dolphins in the Nobody Cares game of the week. Uh, the Dolphins do get win number two, despite a less than ideal start from Jacoby Brissett, who's taking over to a Tonga Vailoa, who got a win. Didn't do anything special. Threw two interceptions. I think he had a touchdown out there. Um, it's really all they needed was one score and a little bit more. They win. The Dolphins win 17 to 9. All right. M- moving along, Jim, saw you. Yeah. Chargers. Uh... Win, uh, 27 to 24. The teams traded uh, four straight drives in the second half, four straight touchdown drives in the second half. Chargers sneak past the Eagles with a game winning field goal. Herbert had three touchdowns, uh, two passing and one rushing, and was 32 for 38, making a comeback from his last two or three shitty games. Good job, buddy. Good job. It's the Eagles, though. So. Chargers covered, one and a half point yeah. spread. So that's, that's about where people thought it was going to be a close game. Well, if you listen to the the betting show, I shied away from this game because mm. I did not. Well done. One of my best bets. Good job, right, Jim. Moving along, Packers Chiefs. Ugh. <laughs> listen, I'm not happy about this game, so I'm gonna let you talk about it because it screwed me on bets. So I'm just gonna talk about it in the game and not about all the extra drama outside. And what should have been the QB mega match instead turns into a snooze fest. Mahomes threw for threw a touchdown to Kelsey in the first quarter. And then Kansas City had two field goals in the second. And that was about it for the game until uh, 
Jordan Love threw a touchdown in the fourth quarter. But so what? Kansas City still wins 13-7. For those wanting to know how Mr. Love did, he was 19 of 34 with an interception and a touchdown. Uh, Kansas City only had 77 yards rushing. Pat Mahomes was like negative four rushing. I mean, let's put in there little trinkets. Well, I think the big trinket that was missed in your in your notes is that Packers field goal kicker Mason Crosby missed a forty yard field goal and had another one blocked in this game. Who cares? That's, this is not what we came to see. That's the difference, Jim, between a tied game and a loss. Just saying. Who cares anyway? I think I come to see in the game. Do you think Jordan loves mom and girlfriend got a good view of the game? <laughs> Being at heaven, they did. Good you get that, Jim? I did not. They, Chiefs literally put them up at the last row of Peanut Heaven. They I'm were, not surprised. They were in the elements. Well, they could have been contaminated by, you know, who knows how close they were to Aaron. Oh. I'll keep them away. Lots of distance. Aaron, who wasn't even in the stadium, Jim? Well, who knows how long they've been around him. Who knows? His immune system was good, but not that good, apparently. Let's move on before I get in some deep shit. Go ahead, Jim. <laughs> These are all your games, buddy. No, I, I, I wanted to talk with you, but like, I was going to let you do your Cardinals oh. thing. Go ahead. Do the Cardinals game. Okay. Cardinals have no Kyler Murray... No, DeAndre Hopkins, but have no problem. The 49ers turned the ball over trace times. Uno does trace. Colt McCoy outshines Jimmy G? Yes, yes. That, I was going to take over right there, Mop. That, uh, yes, he outshined Jimmy G. Well, hold on, hold on. That, that uh, I think to outshine somebody means they both have to have been shining in this game. I don't think Jimmy G was shining. Well, he's in comparison, he was very accurate, 22 of 26 for 249 yards and a touchdown. Sure, Jimmy D, Jimmy G had two touchdowns and 326 yards, but those were dink and dunks, and he had a, one interception. His accuracy, he was 28 of 40. Cardinals also ran all over the 49ers, 163 yards rushing, and won 31 to 17. Muff, Jim. how bad do you feel about not betting on this game? I don't feel bad at all. We should but, bet the Cardinals every week. No, without Kyler Murray in there, I will not bet the Cardinals every week. That you was can. dumb. We you should have. I'm you going can. to. You okay. best believe they're going to be there my bet every week. There it is. Let's, let's real quick while we're into this, see who they play next week, just to give Jim a, let's little, do it. a little glimpse of what he's – they probably, they're probably on a buy or something next week. Let's play the Cardinals. Jets. Next week. Panthers. Ooh, yeah. muff. In muff. Arizona. It's in perfect. Arizona. It's meant to be. This is your revenge game. I'm doing it. Uh, We'll see. I'm doing it. I don't know. Colt McCoy can get exposed by that Panthers defense. You just talked about them being opportunistic. I know. (laughs) (laughs) This is like the game where I'll be like, yes, this is it. And then they'll lose. Quarterback of the Panthers. That's true. Sam. Sam. Is it going to be Philly Walker? I don't think it matters. But Christian McCaffrey is back, so I mean, there's another wild card into the mix. Yeah, because he factored into today, today's game, but whatever. He, he did sort of, kind of, more than Chuba Hubbard had. That's true. I got to drop him. He sucks. <laughs> well, he's not going to get many snaps now. 
Uh, well, look. Sunday night, Titans Rams. Nate, what are we looking at here? Uh, as of right now, no score. Titans are coming out in their first possession on offense. Okay. And one thing to note, Von Miller is not dressed tonight. Yeah, ankle injury. Mm-hmm. Nursing it. That's okay. They only need him for the last six weeks of the season in the playoff. They don't need Absolutely. him all season. Absolutely. How are we feeling about the Monday night matchup? Bears-Steelers? I think it's going to be low scoring, but no Khalil Mack. I think Pittsburgh comes out on top. I uh, I took the over as one of my best bets, over 40, I believe, in this game. So I'm not hoping for a high-scoring game, but just high enough. I played the fifth. You, plead, you can't do that on a sports betting. We're a sports show, Jim. You can't plead the fifth on a game. Uh, I just did. Okay. Well, Jim just took the Steelers. Sounds good. And that wraps up NFL Week 9 Breakdown. We're doing the bean bag bop. Bop, bop. Sam's doing the bean bag bop. Bop, bop. As Nate has talked about, the bean bags have been put away, stored neatly and tidily. They're, they're, sli- they're what? They're sleeping. They're sleeping. Oh. Nate's bean bags only get work from July through November. Sorry, Nate. That's all right. Got to rest up and get ready for the uh, the old plate brush and pitch yeah. count or pitch yeah. counters and all things like that. Uh, do you uh, do? You, I'm assuming you, you use one of those handheld clicker things. Yeah. Okay. You're behind the plate, or do you do all all areas? All areas. I keep it with okay. me in the position I'm working. Okay. See, Nate. I know you didn't wrestle, right? No. I think you'd still make an excellent referee for wrestling. It'd take me a little while to get into. I think my brother would be good at it. He was a pretty good youth wrestler, but then once he got to middle school, kind of just died away from it. I think that you would, I think you would enjoy it. I think that the rules, I think I, I, I vote that you do that during, during the winter. You hear that over there? Please, please pick another sport. <laughs> You wouldn't see him all day, like a Saturday without Nate. That's okay. That means That's I can you... go. That means what? That means I can go to Target. Right. That's why you want him to do wrestling. Yeah. I mean, pick pick a winter sport and go with it. Oh, good. There you go, Nate. <laughs> I think I think she's saying she wants Nate to pick a winter sport. There you go, buddy. Well, I can tell you right now, it's definitely not going to be basketball. No. No. All right. I was running for... <laughs> it's not that long. You run just as much for football. Eh, give or take, but yeah. I don't know. Go ahead. Well, this is the Beanbag Bop, where we talk about some officiating things. We don't have much this week, but I'm going to start this off by saying I finally found it, guys. I found the unicorn of college football penalties. I saw a taunting penalty called in a game over the weekend. It can happen. It is possible. And it was in the Utah Stanford game, I believe. Oh yeah. And that game, of course it's pack 12 from about the middle of the first quarter up until really the end of the game. 
every play there was somebody getting in somebody's face talking mm-hmm. to each other you could see it was going on i think it was to like the end of the third quarter the fourth quarter where they actually finally threw a flag well how did the taunting go like was stanford like you don't know geometry you well, don't know <laughs> physics i'm gonna guess that that was not the conversation going um there could have i don't know between Utah and Stanford, who knows? There's a lot of potential conversations if you want to get into the stereotypes there. Uh, there's a lot, of, like, a lot of options. Utah's like, you only got one wife. Yes, Jim. That's exactly what I was going for. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but it happened. Uh, it was. I think it was warranted. Uh, it probably could have happened, again, a half dozen times before that. Uh, but I saw it. I finally saw it. So we don't see any more. I saw one. Well, good, good. So, Nate, uh, I saw one, and I've been trying to find the video all day. It was during the Wake-UNC game. Uh, Quarterback throws the ball to the Wake receiver. Wake goes up to get it in traffic. He's coming down. Um, It might have been the other way around. I'm sorry. UNC throwing the ball to a UNC receiver in traffic. Three defend defenders are there. You, the UNC guy catches the ball and gets shoved down with the hands to his face, and he bangs the back of his head on the helmet of another player. And the initial flag is for targeting, and it's whether the hands to the face was targeting or the back of the helmet, the guy hitting him from behind was targeting. And of course, nobody knew because it's the referees are having the conversation. The announcers didn't know. They couldn't figure out like, is it because the guy's hands hit him in the face? The the helmet from behind was incidental because he got pushed that direction. And it was a very tough call. And then they ended up picking up the flag because it was like the guy pushing him was actually going trying to intercept the ball and the helmet from behind was incidental. Mm-hmm. There's two words in here that I think Jim's going to appreciate. Well, one word. It sounds like they were trying to judge intent. Yes. And incidental at the same time. It feels yes. like these are two words that have not been used to describe things but it sounds like that's what they were doing yes it was a very ugly play because he did get like bang bang like car wreck front and back but it was nobody's fault like it wasn't like they were trying to destroy him but do you throw the flag there and just shake it out and see the replay in that situation well you gotta remember as an official on the field you don't have access to replay right so so you have to basically try to figure out what just happened or process what you just saw. So again, without seeing it, it's tough, but it sounds like it was a good pickup. If the initial receiver DB are both going for the ball and them colliding caused him to go into the guy behind him. And it wasn't like the guy came in high to go get him. It was just the contact led into further contact. Right. And then my next thing, and I've seen it, of course, I've seen it both in the Ohio state games, but they were both for, for the opponent. Um, lateral passes where it gets picked up by an Ohio State player because it's it's an incomplete pass, but 
it's being it's not being blown dead and high state's receivers picking it off the or the defenders picking it off the ground and running to the end zone and then they're blowing it dead mm-hmm. letting it play out like that so that the i assume so that referees can confer yeah that was an incomplete pass that was not a lateral well they always tell you a late whistle is better than no whistle so if there's any doubt in your mind and you chirp your whistle, you just kill the play. So, I mean, even for us in high school, if the lateral pass is coming directly towards you, as crazy as it sounds, you it might be the most difficult call you have because it's coming right at you and you're focused on looking at line play, at blocking downfield, and this, that, and the other, and then now you have the ball coming right at you. Yeah. So sometimes it's the backside official that's going to be – the one that sees is the best. So you kind of just let that play out and have that conversation. Yeah. And again, a a late whistle is better than no whistle at all. Cool. Cool. That's all I got. All right. I have one, I have one question, Nate. Uh, It's only because I was actually watching. I don't know why I was watching it. Well, I know I was watching it. I had a bet on it. Um, (laughs) Let me phrase that. I know exactly why I was watching this game at the end. Uh, I was watching the Northwestern. Who were they playing? Another team that doesn't score a whole bunch. Whoever they were playing. UMass? <laughs> I think they would have won more handily in that game. Uh, it, Iowa? They're playing Iowa. That's what it was. Northwestern mm-hmm. Iowa. Um, <clears throat> and there were a couple of calls that Pat Fitzgerald from Northwestern was not excited about. Um, came onto the field a couple of times, like in between plays, was barking, doing his thing. Definitely had, I think, cause for maybe one of these the other one was actually this was never mind this is a good one i forgot how this came to be one of the things that happened nate was on a kickoff it was kicked to the kicker kicked it to his right towards the end zone okay there were two back two players back on either side of the hash um the player on that side caught the ball there were two there was the guy who was moving the wedge um, like in the middle of the field, moving it to the players left as Northwestern was playing the game. And he was waving his hand. There was a flag, not a flag thrown, but there was a signal later that said somebody had signaled fair catch. And they put it back where the player caught the ball, like the five, six or seven. People thought it was the the middle wedge guy waving his arm, like calling people over to him that they thought was happening. It was actually the other back man who waved his hand as the other person was catching it. I did not realize that anyone on the field can call fair catch. Yep. It happened. I did not know that. That was the first time I'd seen that. It's very interesting. Um, I don't know if it was the intent of the person, but he definitely waved his hand over his head right before the other person caught it. Mm-hmm. So that yeah, was something that... Pat Fitzgerald got amped about. So go ahead into that rule, Nate, because I've never seen that. But yeah, that's in the high school rules as well, that, Anybody can call fair catch, and as soon as someone calls fair catch and you see it and they catch it, the ball's dead. I mean, of course, none of the coaches are going to like it, and they're going to go nuts, but then they get the luxury of getting yelled at the player for calling fair catch. Yeah, right. And, again, I don't even know if that was his thought because it wasn't anywhere near him. I don't know if he was trying to signal to his teammate, you should call fair catch here. Uh, but, I mean, it happened. He definitely waved his hand over his head right as about right before he caught it uh but back to pat fitzgerald that was something that got him irate initially 
Um, and then just a couple small calls here and there. I think were some offensive holdings that he didn't agree with. Um, but Northwestern was on like the 10, 10 of Iowa, I believe. Um, and they had another call, not go their way. Pat Fitzgerald was on the field for pretty much the entirety of the play where this happened, stayed where he was, maybe took two steps closer onto the field, did not even yell, just put his head down, tore his hat off, may have said some things, um, and then let his uh, headset fall to the ground and they flew a fa- threw a flag on him. I don't know where, like they showed him the entire time. It didn't look like he was doing much. What line would you draw if you were a collegiate official? Because I know in high school, it's probably a lot different as to when that's appropriate to call something on the coach for a personal foul or whatever that would be, unnecessary conduct or whatever the flag is. Well, I mean, if he's on the field and I'm sure – that wasn't the first time they told him you need to get off the field because that's the thing. That's where they really try to sneak in is like, if it's down, like he's said towards the 10 or so, Yeah. but the box being at the 25 yard line, all the players, all the officials are down there. So they try to either get outside that 25 or they think they can come on the field because the play's 15 yards beyond, but you can still hit them with being on the field. So I'm sure they probably told him more than once, or I'm sure he, like you said, they've said something under his breath or said something, but, I don't know. Without hearing anything, it's hard to tell. So I'll play off that. During the Ohio State-Wisconsin game, trying to save as much time as they can at the end, Scott Frost comes out. Nebraska? Yep, I'm sorry. I was was making sure there wasn't another game like earlier in the season that you were talking about. Scott Frost comes out. Right as the play ends, I mean, he comes running out in the middle of the field, calls timeout. Like the place, if it was it, the whistle blew as he was running, like, and they threw a flag and they picked it up because he was calling timeout, but he was out there. Mm-hmm. Is that a is that a foul being out there to call timeout that far? Is that okay? Well, it depends where the action is going because I mean, even in pregame, we tell the we ask the coaches, "Are you the only one that's going to be calling timeout?" And we even tell them like. Whoever's going to call a timeout, if you need our attention, by all means, like especially down the goal line, get your ass down there and let us know you want a timeout. So if 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 he's in the middle of the action, it's okay. No, if the action's going on, no, you got to get him for being on the field. But I mean, if the player's wrapped up and you know the play's about to be blown dead or they're getting or they're actually blowing it dead, get out there and get your timeout. Okay, all right, that's fair. Save as many seconds as you can. I don't I, I don't care what he did. That's fine. But, yeah, we tell coaches all the time. It's like if you want a timeout, and again, mainly down the goal lines where you're not going to have an official two yards away from you, get down there and make sure you, we know you want that timeout. Cool. Well, that's all I got. All right. Anything in the high school? Well, no no high school beanbags this week. Oh, uh, rub it in. Rub it in, Muff. <clears throat> No, the only thing I did here, though, which was unfortunate, and especially for a playoff game, is there was a five-man crew, and I think they said the referee went down, like, health problems. I don't know if he, like, rolled an ankle or something happened. I have no idea without being there. But anyway, they had to finish the game with four, and I guess that there was a play down the field, like, deep pass play late in the game, and the one team thought that it was incomplete, and the other team was forced to be like, oh, no, that's a catch, this, that, and the other, and it just sucks because when you have five, you have one on each sideline, 
get the referee, the umpire, which is what I do, right behind the linebackers in the back judge behind the defense. But when you go down to four, you lose the back judge. So, of course, it sounds like this team was taking advantage of that going down these deep throws and you really don't have the proper coverage you need in that kind of environment. Sounds like good strategy. Oh, listen to Muff. Cheeky bastard. Hey, it's not their fault that they didn't have an extra official on hand. If you're not cheating, you're not trying, right? That's not cheating. That's taking advantage of the situation put in your stead. All right, Muff. Well, and that always makes me wonder, like, because I know I've done a couple, like, um, what is it, the uh, club level, like, national championship games, and Mm -hmm. they've had extra officials on the sideline for that. So if something were to happen, they would have a spare. So I'm wondering – why do they don't do that in the high school level or at least locally? Like just having someone else there in case something like that happens. At the very least in the playoffs. I mean, that's, I mean, granted, they might do that in the later rounds. I mean, this is only a second round game, but still it makes me wonder. It's like, if that were to happen in a state championship game, and usually I think they go to at least six man and Pennsylvania, they're going to do seven, but I mean, to be down one guy in a big game like that, I mean, it really takes a lot of coverage away. That's fair. Interesting. So it, it is the the back judge that gets the – well, not gets the boot, but that's the spot that's not covered in a four-man yeah. crew. Into a four-man, yeah, you'd lose a back judge. So then the position you would typically hold has a lot more responsibility – on plays down the field or is that just kind of like everyone's trying to figure it out together? Uh, you kind of just figure it out together. I mean, you got to rely more on your guys in the wing to get stuff down the sidelines there. And I mean, as the umpire, I probably would back up a few more yards instead of being in my initial position of like seven yards off the ball. Maybe I would go back to 10, but it's kind of a lose, lose situation because then you're really not up there for the run game. And if stuff goes on after the play, but in the past game, it's just the cluster. You never know what's going to happen with deep throws or anything like that. Right. A little bit, a little bit of insight into what the officials do in different situations, especially when they're down a person on the field. So, Sam, do you have any thoughts? Any snippets? Any discussion? Beanbag bopping, life bopping. Didn't go to LA this week. Didn't make any travels. No, my sister like jetted off to new york for a few days but i wasn't invited so no no i don't know what's what's the trendy things to do in new york city i don't know go to stores i went shopping ate at really good places they did bring me cupcakes so that was nice from where magnolia bakery that's a big deal yes were they good? They're so good. Nate, did you have a cupcake? I did, and they were much better than other football team in the state of New York that play in New Jersey. <laughs> and that wraps up this week's Bean Bag. Everybody get your bean bag ready to rock. Follow me and have fun to the bean bag bop. Do it, do it. The bean it is time for NCAA football week 10 round. Let's go. Let's go. The big 10 first where the magic happens. Hey, Muff, you know who I saw on my television this weekend? Who's that, buddy? 
freaking Kevin. What's Kevin doing? Oh, you know, schmoozing during the Nebraska Ohio State game. You know, the two schools that hated his guts a year ago, he needs to show up and make face there. So for those of you who may be new to the show, that's Kevin Warren, the Big Ten commissioner, who Jim has a very strong, very strong, very strong dislike for. He's one step below the uh, actual president of the NCAA and the asshat scale. Yes. He gets full five brats. Full five brats. Full five brats. Uh, starting on the Big Ten, it was a huge day for wide receivers huge. in the Big Ten. Freaking huge. Uh, three big games from three receivers from three different teams. Jahan Dotson of Penn State, 11 receptions, 242 yards. The yards are a Penn State record. Three touchdowns. Good for him. Mm-hmm. Who'd you play? Maryland. That's right. Maryland. I'm not talking shit this time. I just didn't know who you played. My fault. That's it. That's it. It's on you. It's on you. This is you're going to say okay. you're, you're going to do yeah. your team because you don't know the name. <laughs> uh, Smith and Jigba. Smith and Jigba. Jackson Smith and Jigba of Ohio State had 15 receptions, the Ohio State record, and 240 yards and one tutty. You know who? What record he broke? Whose was yeah. it? Running backs had to no. be running backs. No. no, he broke David Boston. When asked, "Hey, how do you feel about breaking?" David Boston, do you know David? He's I, I know David. I know of David Boston. And at that point, folks, I felt old. I was like, ah. So so Columbus didn't explode and be like, how do you not know who David Boston no, is? No, that's Boston, a tradition. Blah blah blah. No, no, and you know why? Because David Boston got uh yeah, punked he, at a, in a Michigan game by I think Desmond Howard. Yeah, I think you're right. And he has a sketchy uh, NFL past. He's a sketchy life past. So what David Boston's not that hero boy in Columbus that you would think. Now, if if he'd have punked out Des Howard in that Michigan game, mm-hmm. then it wouldn't have mattered. Wouldn't have mattered. What if this but, is like what if this is like Joey Galloway? Any different? Maybe in Belair, Ohio, but not okay. not in Columbus. Not in Columbus area. Okay. No. No. And the last receiver had a big day. Not his first big day of the season. Purdue's David Bell, 11 receptions, 270 yards, and a touchdown. If I remember correctly, I saw something quickly as I was scrolling through some social media platform. This is the first time since like mid-2000s, like 2004, 2005, where this happened from three wide receivers in the same conference. Um, and I think it's only like in the past 20, 30 years, there's only three times this has happened. And I think the other two were in like the Big 12, shocker, and... Don't they some, do that every Saturday? Obviously not. Uh, <laughs> there's usually somebody, but not three of them. Um, and I forget the other one was, I think, was not a Power Five conference in like the 90s. So I, I d- I'm glad that we got that records and we, that we had a big day in receiving for the Big Ten. But I'm also not because that's not Big Ten football. So that's what let's say. Of, it's got that funny feeling in your mouth, like ooh, cool, but. Let's not do that again, guys. Well, Purdue makes sense, right? Drew Brees. Yeah, but but like, your team and my team? Yeah. Let's not have a day like that. Let's more balanced attack, run it down your throat kind of football, please. Jahan Dotson needs this at this point. No national okay. championship for Penn State. Let's raise his draft stock. Let's make that okay. work. Fair. Uh, getting into the games, unranked Purdue disposes of another top five opponent, top five opponent taking down Number three, Michigan State, no longer 40 to 29. And what I'm going to dub the muff upset pick of the week. You called it. I'll give it to you. 
Ohio State, I'm not going to say they're on alert, but I'm just going to say they're on alert going into next weekend, even though I don't think they should be, but I'll let Jim as a high State fan. Where's the game on. at? As I a Penn State fan, out. I do not know. Uh, I don't think they should be um, on alert. I didn't, I didn't feel those vibes. Like, it didn't feel didn't feel drastic they're in columbus i'm not calling it an upset that was in purdue you best believe it's an upset <laughs> alert bet your ass but no this should be an easy easy game i'm knocking on wood i'm i'm knocking on wood it's not uh, gonna be an easy game it's gonna be competitive i i i'm not gonna say anything i don't want to put any bad, bad juju beans bad juju on your team at this point right I do it enough already yeah, on other things, you. so I'm not going to do it this time. In other games, Illinois knocks off another ranked team, again behind their strong run game, beating number 20 Minnesota and putting the Big Ten West into, pretty, in my mind, a state of shock with four teams now tied at 4-2 and two at top of that division. I told Alex stay away from this game. I'm almost <laughs> sure. I said, there's no way. This is not a good game. Listen back to the tape. We'll figure that one out for this week's betting episode yep. number five ohio state doesn't feel the cool wintry air in lincoln over the weekend on their way to a 26 17 win over nebraska getting w's at this point apparently at a preview in the big 10 so any day you can get the w you take it i did not i did not like this game one bit no no siree i tell you what though if there was a game where i thought scott frost should you know Maybe go. It's this one. They put too much stock and emphasis on Martinez. And there are some coaching decisions, some play calling decisions where I'm just like, I don't know if I would have done that at that time. There's some timing decisions. I think he kicked a field goal instead of going for it. Where like you're you're up against it, man. Like let's he, I think he's got some growing pains. He needs some better people around him. There it is. He needs a little less chill in the air around him. He needs a little yeah. bit more warmth. Like he needs to find his identity. If you're going to be yeah. an option game, if that's the game you want to play, and he said it in press conferences, we're gonna we're gonna be an option like we used to be the old school option football. Then let's do that. But let's not put Martinez, who makes a lot of mistakes, as the guy who's running that style of offense. And I mean, I'll say I don't know enough about Nebraska to know what they have sitting in in the wake of Adrian Martinez. There may not be really another option right now. So we'll recruit that way. Let's let's if you've been to what three years now? Yeah. Let's start loading up that way. I mean it'd be cool to see an option team again, right? It's yes. I think it would be it would be interesting to see an option other like a true option team, triple option like Navy option team yeah. in the Big Ten. I think the problem is it's going to be tough to recruit outside. It's going to be tough to recruit for that because who are you promising an NFL NFL promises to in a triple option game? Who, who's really last person I can think of that did anything in the NFL from a triple option team was Calvin Johnson, who came out of Georgia Tech. And that's only because triple option, triple option, throw the ball to Calvin Johnson. But they have the defensive players like those linebackers. Mm hmm. Start becoming linebacker you. Start becoming you know defensive you, and then recruit guys, weapons, just running backs, and focus on we're an option team with a defense that will shove the ball back down their throats. And I think we start winning championships 
like the Big Ten West, it'll it'll kick off. I think. Just my opinion. TBD. Let's see how it goes. Number seven, Michigan stays in the win column, hoping the last game of the regular season is for all the marbles, beating Indiana 29-7. Yeah, no. Yeah, no what? No. Let's move on. So it's not going to be for all the marbles? No. We're not going to talk about it? Who are they going to lose to? The last game of the season? Come on. Well, going into the last game of the season, it could be for everything. That's what I'm getting at. They don't have a shot in hell. Let's move on. Where's that game being played this year? At Ohio State. Okay. Number 21, Wisconsin has worked themselves into relevance with their current winning streak, and they show they mean business. Routing records 52 to 3. Greg Shiano's got a mountain to climb, buddy. Like at this point, you don't want them to lose this bad, or they will become Rutgers of old. Looking that way. <laughs> more and more looking that way. Exactly. Number. I'm a Rutgers fan at this point. Like, I don't want them to lose by 40, 50 points. The Big Ten doesn't need that. No, they do not. Or else they need to get another team in there. Yeah. Number 22, Iowa travels to the tall grass at Northwestern. Not that it I'm down this one as they come up with victory. I don't really think it slows them down because Iowa already plays a very slow brand of ball. So (laughs) it's not going to make it any worse. Eh, oh well. And the last game, Penn State goes into Maryland, stays on the winning side of this one, taking the win at Maryland, thirty-one to fourteen. How was the game? Did you watch it? I watched uh, three minutes of this game. <laughs> I, I did. I watched almost no football this weekend, aside from like in the evening. I don't think I could see this game. I think I hunted for it. I don't think I watched any of this. It was on Fox Sports, I think. Sorry, buddy. My bad. I, all I know is Jahan Dotson had a big game. It's good enough for me. Fair enough. Another top 25 action. Number one, Georgia continues their dominance with a 43 to six win over Missouri, priming them for guess who they play next week, Jim? Who? Uh, nobody. An FCS opponent, I'm pretty sure. This is the, this is the SEC end of season Alabama, Georgia. Oh, here's this game in here that we don't have to worry about. Yeah. That's fair. Smart. Good for them. They, they schedule it that way for a reason. Yeah. Number number three, Alabama holds on for a 20 to 14 win over LSU in a game. Many expected Bama to show why they were ranked number three in the first college football playoff rankings. Bama did not show that to the masses. <sighs> I thought, I thought this was going to be in my heart and I know mm-hmm. I didn't say this in any public forum. I thought this was going to be close. I thought Bama would win, mm-hmm. but I thought it was going to be a lot closer than the experts had it. Um, did not expect it to be the barn burner at the end that it was. But I thought LSU would give them a game. Frankly, because I think that uh, Coach O just didn't give a shit and he was going to throw everything at him. That was my opinion. There we go. Number four, Oregon goes to Washington and absolute downpour. Uh, but they take the running game with them, winning 26 to 16. I think they had like 200 plus yards rushing on the game. They need to show out more. I would have liked to see them score seven more points. Seven more. That's what you're looking seven. for. Seven. They covered. They covered the spread. I got a lot out of this. They need to dominate teams. Now, did you see how it was raining in this game? Don't care. Run it more down their throat. It was. It was the absolute deluge, Jim. More. <laughs> okay. Number six, Cincinnati uses a couple last minute. Goal line stands to get their win over Tulsa, twenty-eight to twenty. 
quite literally off. two two goal line stands in the last like two or three minutes. And one was a fumble that crossed over, but was loose before it crossed yeah. over, or Cincinnati would not be relevant. Well, did you see? Well, no, they still had to get a two point conversion. Uh, did you see the play before the fumbled? Yeah. The quarterback tried to dive but couldn't really dive and yep. was down right at the goal, yep. like right right before the goal line. So that could have been an easily been a touchdown, also. I don't know how many more shots, and that's why I was looking at the schedule before we when we had a break here. Cincinnati's got SMU and they got Houston. And they they got some gimme games before that, but they look tired. I don't know if they can hang in until the end. I hope they do. I want to see them throw this whole thing on its head. But ugh, woof. Not looking, not looking good. This is there's a lot of a lot of what happened this week that's gonna put the college football playoff rankings potentially into the mixer. Number yeah. nine, Wick Forest goes into gets into an old-fashioned shootout, but ends up being the ones that get drawn on in this one, losing to the Tar Heels of North Carolina 58 to 55. They can blame me. They can blame me. Because you got on board? <laughs> because I said on the betting show, I'm doing this bet despite my wife. <laughs> Not knowing that they're playing UNC. My wife's from North Carolina. Not knowing that this would give my wife the perfect element to do the told you so moment. So I apologize, Wake Forest. That's on me. Told you so. <laughs> I, didn't say, so I have mad. nothing to say, but told you so. So uh, mad I'll, about I'll that. Say, I'll say it for your wife. Told you so. Uh, number oh. 10, Notre Dame takes care of Navy, 34-6. Ho-hum, keep it moving. Number 11, hey, Oklahoma that's State. Gonna be, that's going to be their, like, they're going to roll now. They're going to play nobody and get into relevance. And that pisses me off. Say la vie. Number 11, Oklahoma State goes into Morgantown, but first, they check for burning couches on their way to a 24-3 win. Good job. Number 12, Baylor doesn't help the Big 12 cause this week, losing to unranked TCU 30-28. James Patterson revenge tour? Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. Number 14, Texas A&M puts the screws to number 13, Auburn, suffocating Bo Nix and the Tigers 20-3. Next. Like, was, that like, was that one of the only ranked matchups of the week? Yeah. Let's say I think that's about and it. There's not much to say that. I don't think Auburn can take – that's another one of those teams that has taken a lot of shots, played a lot of tough teams. Like, they had a tough road to hoe. Yeah. they And they've been competitive most of the year, which is what's kept them in the top 15, yeah. but they're about to fall out. Yeah. Number 15, BYU takes care of Idaho State, 59-14. to 14. Number 16, Ole Miss. What time was that game on? Was that another one of those midnight games? Uh, I think it was a late game. It was like God. a 10, 1030 kick on the East Coast. Number 16, Ole Miss takes care of business against Liberty, 27 to 14. That was not as close as you would think. I watched that game. Or that was not as, as a runaway for Ole Miss as you would think. Liberty hung in there with them. It was, I mean, it was only like an eight-point spread. So, I it mean, was, that's. I was about, nervous, and I had I had that game. I was, yeah. It was a very nerve-wracking game. Mm-hmm. Tennessee takes number 18, Kentucky, to Rocky Top, beating them 45 to 42. No mustard needed. No mustard needed. Kentucky, you dog turds. Come on, buddy. I was really (laughs) hoping to put Tennessee in their place. Uh, Number 19, North Carolina State gets a win over Florida State, 28 to 14. So good. Okay. 
Boise State helps continue number 23 Fresno State's decline to a once hopeful season, beating them 40 to 14. Were they undefeated? I think like three or four weeks ago they were. So they're they were, now? They were, wow, I think this is their second loss now. I think this okay. takes them all the way out, all the way out of the contention now. Yeah. Number 24, San Diego State, who is still undefeated, wins on the island, beating Hawaii 17 to 10. So that, and, there's only two undefeated teams then, I think. Uh San Diego State, Cincinnati. Georgia, I think there may be one non-Power 5 team that's still undefeated somewhere. Yeah. I don't remember who. They may have been somebody on a bye this week. And the round out the top 25. Number 25, Pittsburgh, wins over Duke 54-29. to I'm real upset about the Pitt situation. I'm not getting a lot of love in the polls. Well, they got two losses? Yeah. But still, like... Number 25, they're better than two losses five in, of the teams. Two losses in the ACC. You would be crying if a two-loss Clemson was in the top 25. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, so that's a, let's just compare apples to apples here. That's fair. Good point, Muff. <laughs> Good point. I'll give it to you. All right, so that puts us into the top 25 breakdown in the college football world. Obviously, we don't have the playoff rankings, but we do have the AP poll. Yeah, so I'm going to – just to fill everybody in, the playoff rankings came out last week. We didn't get to talk about those, but they had it. Georgia, Bama, Michigan State, Oregon, Ohio State, Cincinnati, Michigan, Oklahoma, Wake, Notre Dame, and Oklahoma State. As you all know, we just went over it. Michigan State lost and Wake lost. So the playoff ranking will be all mixed up. Now, the AP poll came out today, and as a result of those losses, it has Georgia 1, Cincinnati 2, Alabama 3, Oklahoma 4, Oregon 5, Ohio State 6, Notre Dame 7, Michigan State 8, Michigan 9, Oklahoma State 10, and Texas A&M 11. I have it. Georgia 1, Bama 2, Cincinnati 3, Oklahoma 4, Ohio State 5, Oregon 6, Michigan 7, Texas A&M 8, Notre Dame 9, begrudgingly, Oklahoma State 10, and Ole Miss 11. Muff, I see what you just did, you cheeky, cheeky guy. Oh, I, I totally missed, missed a team in there. That's my Go fault. Uh, I have Georgia 1. Oklahoma 2, Ohio State 3, Cincinnati 4. Those are my top four. Been pretty consistent in that. Ohio State jumped Cincinnati this week to me. Cincinnati didn't – I mean, Ohio State wins a big game in the Big Ten. Cincinnati barely wins a game that they should have won by two-plus touchdowns. I have Bam at 5, Oregon at 6, Michigan at 7, Notre Dame at 8, Michigan State at 9, Texas A&M at 10, and Oklahoma State at 11. Yeah, I thought the Michigan State – loss drops them to like 12 in my opinion they're not even ranked for me in the in the top 11 I it's tough for me to take them all the way out of this just yet it's one loss versus an unranked team Bama when they lost lost to an unranked team at the time granted since then Texas A&M has climbed the polls um, Purdue has two wins against 
top five teams at this point. Granted, one of them's Iowa, which has fallen from grace very quickly. Um, so yeah, I just don't think it's enough to play them out just yet. Um, so we'll see. We'll see where that goes in the coming weeks. Michigan State may play themselves out of the top 15 or 20 in the coming weeks. Who knows? Yeah, I think so. I think so. Um, I, I'm real worried about, like I've said, Cincinnati. I think Oklahoma will probably play themselves out of the top 10 when they lose to Baylor and Oklahoma State. Both. That's both. I, 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 man can dream, Muff. Um, I, I just make sure to say both, not just one. But I think they'll lose to both. Okay. Well, you can you can uh, definitely put some bets down on those games for yourself. I may. Um, and then I also, I still fear the uh, Bama beating Georgia outcome. The the world is already putting that into play and talking about what's going to happen if that goes down. And let's just say that everybody's already on board that if this happens, that they're both still going to be in the top four somehow. Yeah, one, two, I think. Well, not if one of them loses. Yeah, I, I that's where I would have them. If Bama, be, if Bama beats Georgia? Yeah. You put them at one, two? Yep. I don't know if I can get on, all the way get on board with that, but I mean, they'll both be in the top four to me. Don't get me wrong. That's happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I don't, I don't, it's tough for me to have one, two, and in this case, Georgia being two, if Georgia loses their conference championship, it's tough for me to resolve that in my mind. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're going to put Bama to one in that scenario, you have to put Georgia at three because you don't want to have a rematch in my mind. Oh, I do. Why well, don't I hate this? I hate this. You don't want to have a rematch stuff. Oh no, let's, I'm just let's saying. Let's run it back. We let's already, run it back. We, we already know that the people aren't going to want that. That's as far stupid. As the people in the college football playoff. Stupid. Let's run it back early. They're not going to want a rematch because they want both the state bases there for the national championship potentially. Nope. No. No. I understand Jim doesn't want it. Let's do you it the, quick. Get that. Pull the bandaid off. Make it happen again. Let's uh, like their way of thinking. Has not worked. Let's throw it on his head. Let's think outside the box. Can you imagine a Bama Georgia semifinal? You know that you know the winner now. And then you can erase all of the doubt by whoever you throw up against them next. We have the best team. And all you rest of you mortals, can you beat them? David right. versus Goliath. Right, but you understand that means in that case that Georgia has to be four. Sure. Okay. That's making sure you, you just said they'd be one, two in your world. If, which if, if that's what it takes, I'll do it. Okay. Buff. Screw All right. it. That's fair. Just make sure you realize like this goes against everything you just said on that particular topic. I take it back and I'll do whatever it takes to do that because <laughs> I want to see it. Okay. Because what will happen is then you'll have, if you save it, somebody inevitably will get hurt. Mm-hmm. So let's say that you have uh, Ohio State plays Georgia and, uh, Oklahoma plays Bama. Mm-hmm. Okay. And let's say Georgia's head defensive, whatever player, pick a player, gets hurt, and Bryce Young gets hurt. Or maybe just Bryce Young gets hurt. Now yeah. we don't have the, the mega match we want. I'm, I don't want to ruin it. Let's just do it right off the rip. That's it. Make it happen, people. Make it happen. <sighs> Anything else? Any other? I mean, we didn't have. Usually, we have some spirited debate on like the top four, and you get mad at me for doing something. I haven't heard from you today. 
No, I think at this point we are we pretty much know who our top four are. Like, we could put Oklahoma in, Ohio State out. But we know where we're going. It's gonna it's gonna play itself out in the end anyway. Yeah, that's how we are. All right, that wraps up college football week ten. Heading into week 11, starting to get into the sweet spot of the college football season. Break down. Now it's time for the Fast Five, Fast Five, Fast Five. Let's do this. First in this week's Fast Five, Fast Five, Fast Five. Other NFL things. Yes. Von Miller. Von Miller goes to the Rams. Ah, good for him. I think he's. I think it's sad that he left the Broncos, but get that bag, buddy. I don't think this is about the bag. I think this is about playing on a team that can win. Hence and the Rams. The, the Rams bag. are. What, you get what? paid when you get ones that when you win. Winners win. Yeah, but he didn't go there to get paid. He's going there to win. He's already been paid. Yeah, but if you get the Super Bowl, you get bonus. If you win, you get bonus. Money muff. I understand, but I don't think his contract is the money situation now. He went there f- to get a title, Jim. He's going for a title. All right, muff. I'm gonna act like you. That's what it is. This is about the glory of the game and winning. Okay, you 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 say basketball, out, brother. You figure out the contract. Oh, it's def- basketball is not about the, the titles. It's all about the money, Jim. Look at those max contracts they get. You you figure this out for me. Figure out this contract and how this benefits him financially, as opposed. If it to was about the titles, why would you go to the Rams? Like, why would you pick as opposed the to the Broncos? Be- you go of- any other team might win. Why did he pick the Rams? Because the Rams were able to sign him. You don't think any other team could sign him, make room for him? I mean, he could. If it was just about winning, Muff, he could say, "You know what? Sign me for a dollar. I want to where? win." But where's he going to go? Where are you where are you going to say he's going to go? For a dollar, you can go to Tampa Bay for a dollar. Okay, maybe he doesn't think that's the team that's going to win it all this year, Jim. Or maybe he wants paid, Muff. Figure out this contract and come back to me on it. All Speaking right. of people that want to get paid, have been paid, shouldn't be paid now. OBJ has the drama thanks to OBS, aka Odell Beckham Senior. And- or IBS. Heard he's into that too. Who? His father? Oh, OBJ. Okay. Sure, Jim. Uh, you want to expand? Go ahead. <laughs> I think we should. I don't think we should on this. Remember? Okay. Well, you're the one that brought it up. Uh, we start talking initials. I'm just rolling with it. Uh, so we've we've already come to understand that this is not necessarily yikes for Browns fans. At least after week one. Is this what they needed to help the team chemistry moving forward? Jim is a Browns fan. What do you think? We'll see. The jury is out. Baker does play well when he's not around. Today was a good day. Did you see the video that his father put together showing all the time? His father did not put it together, first of all. Oh, how do you know? I did because I read all the things. I did all the research. Okay. His father did not put it together. Somebody put it together. And shared it with his father, and his father like put it on blast. Okay, that is what happened. Did you watch it? Yes. What did you think? There are some points there. There are some points there, okay. but it's definitely shown from the perspective of a pro OBJ like perspective. Yes. I agree. There are some missing elements to what's going on. 
Like, hey, Baker was under pressure. Correct. <laughs> there's also like, you know, I don't know. That's how football works. There's times where there's receivers, you know. I'm sure, there's lots of times where Landry was open. Oh, I don't know. They both dropped. They both dropped a lot of passes this yeah. year, so it's that's a little bit on them as well. Anything else you want to talk about there, Jim? Talk about no. OBJ, IBS, OBS, Baker, statewide. OBP. You know me. Oh, yikes! Uh, speaking of yikes, potentially yikes. Who knows? Yikes! Lots of lots of heat. Yikes! Aaron Rodgers. We all know tested positive for COVID this past week. Um, appears on the Pat McAfee show on Friday, talking about his positive test, being quote unquote immunized, and life in the NFL of someone that is not vaccinated. Lots of heat, lots of chatter, lots of potential issues, concerns from the masses on this one. First, I'm going to ask Jim, did you get a chance to listen to any of that interview? I did not. Okay. It, no matter where you feel on the vaccinated, unvaccinated, and this is not a political stance from the show at all, no matter where oh. you feel on any of this, it's an interesting conversation to listen to from Aaron Rodgers' perspective, who we all, I think at this point, realize is an interesting individual. He's a unique person and offers a perspective mm. that is different. Whether that's right or wrong to your thoughts, it's a different perspective. That's all I don't say. agree. I don't agree. That's not a different perspective. I don't think that it's, this is a unique situation. I, I I don't, I think it's all a ruse. A ruse for what? I think it's all like, that's a a game that he's playing. Well, what's the, who's the game against? That's what I want to understand. I think he just wants to do it his way. And the way he answers these questions is so that he can do things his way. Well, what's he doing his way? That's what I understand. The guy didn't want to get the vaccine. So he carefully played the media. Okay. Do you understand why he didn't get the vaccine initially? Didn't he have some kind of hippy dippy setup? He has an allergy to two of them elements within two of the shots. He has a legitimate allergy to them. And then okay. he held, he held on to the Johnson Johnson. He said he held out to the Johnson Johnson because he didn't feel confident in it yet. At that time. Now, from there, I can't speak to any of this. I'm not going to speak to anybody. He said, at that time, he didn't feel from that point forward, whatever. I guess. Okay, here's my thing. Yeah. He played with words. And then, okay, so let's say he doesn't have allergies or he has the allergies. Fine. You want to do research on the Johnson & Johnson? Fine. That's your business. But there are owners in, for other teams, franchise management for other teams that's saying, listen, we got players in similar situations. We follow the protocol set forth by that. You guys in your cheeky wordplay did not. So what what rules didn't he follow, Jim? That's what I understand from you right now. Apparently he was not masked in certain areas of the sidelines. He was not kept away from the team in certain areas. He did not um, adhere to the distancing protocols that were put in place that other players in his uh, position okay I had to adhere to where did you hear this from it was cited in the in the espn article i read today oh in the espn article who's tied to the nfl uh, muff i understand that you're an aaron Rodgers fanboy but still this is an aaron Rodgers fanboy this is me from the perspective of the information he was able to share about his situation on an interview 
that he exclusively did outside of intentionally outside of and whether it's for all of the reasons you're talking about or not um it was interesting he, he got to control the narrative yes which to be honest if i was in his situation i would want to do as well but muff of course he's going to control the narrative because it could cost him money okay well because he, he doesn't want to follow the rules the only rule he admitted to breaking yeah, of course, because he's not going to admit to breaking rules, Muff. He that admitted to breaking, money. He admitted to breaking one. Yeah, probably one that doesn't cost him money. No, nah, he probably still will. He admitted to not masking up in post-game press conferences. But if you broke more than one, the fine's going to be heavier, correct? Right, I'm just saying. That's all he admitted to breaking. So that's what this investigation's for, right? That's what we're going to find out. We're going to investigate. But yeah. my thing is, okay, Yeah. you played your contract situation and you were the darling in your contract situation with green bay correct like that is what aaron did well done aaron you played that very well Mm -hmm. as you should have in this vaccine situation if if you have an allergy and if you want to research it okay let's follow the rules set forth to a t so as to not put yourself in this position. Instead, you were very cheeky with the wording when asked about it. Well, okay. Who has, and you bent the rules. Well, who has he lied to about his he, vaccination status? That's what again, I want to ask you. He didn't lie to anybody. You're correct. He was cheeky. He was, he, it so was the a NFL, play on words. The NFL and Green Bay knew about his vaccination status. Yes. The answer is yes. Correct. He was, he was cheeky was, with the media. If he was following yep, the protocols of an unvaccinated player, then he, everyone knew the score. If he was following that. That's why we have an investigation. We both agreed to this. Right. Oh, yeah. That's a thing. As long as we're, he didn't lie to anybody yet. Correct. That's what's being investigated. Well, I'm not saying, he, have yeah. I said he lied? I'm not said he lied. You I'm saying said, he has been cheeky with the wording that he has used. Right. So you now just, you just he doesn't he look like. You said he wasn't now, following rules. According to the owners, he's not. According to other management, he's not. Because they're in the facility? They they witness the things he's done. How can they witness in the facility? They see the sidelines where he's not he's he's not masked up. Like he's supposed to be. Is he supposed to be? Plus he's at a Halloween party with a, who, a with bunch who? of people. How do you know who's there? Muff, I understand that you like to play the, the, the heel on this, but when the investigation shows it, we'll have our answer. Well, there's an investigation. My whole point that you're trying to distract from is that he, he was very rules. cheeky with he his language. You said he broke but the rules. I'm just trying to figure out what rules he broke. He did, and we'll get to that when the investigation shows. Okay. Well, okay. you don't know he broke the rules yet. I'm going to go out on a limb and say he probably broke the rules. Which ones? Anyway, Muff, you're not going to stop me from my point. Like, I'll go all night. The podcast will go three hours. Muff, he was cheeky with his words. Right. And he went from media darling to oh the bastard Green Bay who's screwing him on his contract to you kind of played us with the way you said your words, Aaron. <laughs> Moving along, Jim. Uh, do you agree or disagree? That which part? He played the outside world, not the league, not the organization, but he played the outside world with the way he phrased the vaccination question. When he said he was immunized? Yeah. He played. He played the word game. Yeah, okay. listen. We're good. Listen, 
he's playing the media and you know what i'm not opposed to anybody playing the media at but we, times. Are the, we are the we are the takers of what the media says right yeah we're consumers of both we're consumers of both in the end so he kind of lied to us yeah, it's mean, hurting his public image. Ipso facto, yeah. If, again, so he listen, hurt his public image with this. Listen to the interview. That's all I'm going to ask you to do, buddy. I'm not saying I expect it to change your opinion, but it may make you think differently about parts of your opinion. Not all of it. It's not going to change do your Do you thoughts. think it hurt his public image? Yeah, it hurts his public image on okay. both sides. I'll listen to your interview then. Yeah. We're not even going to talk about that last thing. Next on no, this week's no, Fast Five, Fast Five, Fast Five. No, I'll talk to you about it off the air, though. I do yeah. want to hear your take. College football. In- you know what? If anybody wants to know what we're talking about, <laughs> it's the Henry Ruggs third situation, and I will say, T's and P's to the people in that incident, and that's where I'm going to stop. If anybody wants to talk to me privately about it, hit me up. That's what I'm going to say. College football. Bram. Other college football news. So... I'm going to get this. This is a not a quick topic, but we're going to make it quick. Uh, James Madison is one of the current teams looking to make some moves. Many teams are about to make some moves with a conference change, deciding to make the move to the Sun Belt effective this June after they were told they made the final decision after they were told from the Colonial Athletic Conference, the CAA, that they would not be eligible to participate in any sports championships from this point forward. Which is horseshit. So right, which is where this comes decision. to play. Yeah, they made the decision now they can't play their championships. Right? Well, they were they were forced into the decision. They said you're not going to be able to play in the championships. They said, okay, we're definitely leaving now. Like they announced yeah. it because of that. Um, Horrible decision. Right, which leads us into the carousel. Typically, we talk about the coaching carousel as we yeah. wind down the NCAA football season. Now we're talking about the team carousel because there is a lot of action that's about to happen. First and foremost, if you're a member of the Colonial Athletic Conference, leave. Next. <laughs> Next question. So this is not a fully comprehensive list, but this is some of what I was able to do real quick. So we got BYU going to the Big 12. Smart. We've got Charlotte going to the American Conference. I didn't even know Charlotte was a school, but good. All right. UNC Charlotte. We have Cincinnati going to the Big 12. I wish they went to the Big 10, but okay. Fair enough. Florida Atlantic going to the American. Fair. That's cool. You'll see. Houston to the Big 12. Probably needed to happen. I think that's some Dana Holgerson influence, yeah? Yeah, probably. Liberty is going to Conference USA. Probably a good move. I believe they were unaffiliated up until this move. Yeah. I think this was a move for them. Marshall's going to the Sun Belt. Very odd for me. I don't know if I like that. Yeah, it's it's not geographically pleasing. Yeah for them uh new mexico state going to conference usa i believe new mexico state was unaffiliated as well coming into this uh okay sure uh north texas going to the american okay there's a trend here oklahoma and texas going to the sec effective 2025 texas permanent losers go ahead plus a handful of others that are going all going to other non-power five conferences fair enough big trend here nine total teams are leaving conference usa at this point i did not realize this until i started stacking up all of the teams together and what else is you don't hear? Big Ten didn't pick up any schools. Pac-12 didn't pick up any schools. Where's your allegiance, Kevin? Well, apparently it's to the Big Ten schools of now. You guys are going to be sitting in the dark and everybody's going to have these giant conferences, you morons. Well, I think the 
Conference USA is about to go the route of the Big East Basketball Conference back in the early 2000s. It's about to happen. Uh, Really, what this comes down to, and this is not news, but the next five-ish years, maybe even less than five years, are going to be crucial to see how the NCAA can stave off the Super Conference and the branching off from the NCAA. At this point, it looks to be impossible. Like Thanos, it's inevitable. (laughs) Just blink. And next on this week's Fast Five, Fast Five, Fast Five, college basketball, Jim. All right. I'm going to go get a drink. Go ahead, Muff. Handle it. NCAA basketball starts this week. And in the men's side, highlighted by the following matchups. Tuesday, today, as this episode drops, number 10, Kentucky, taking on number nine, Duke, is part of Coach K's farewell tour. Does he get cheesy music when he comes out? I I sure hope that they do something really, really stupid. (laughs) We'll talk about that next week. Like a hype, a hype video for him. Absolutely, it's going to be him on the sidelines because he never jumps. He never does anything like demonstrative. So it's like the highlight video for Coach K is like championship wins. That's Mm -hmm. all I got. Uh, Friday we got number four Villanova at number two UCLA, and on Saturday we've got number five Texas at number one Gonzaga. I got Gonzaga on that one. I mean, it's at Gonzaga, Texas traveling early season matchups. I mean, this is this is what you get in basketball, right? You get the early season key marquee matchups because they don't just play 10, 12 games. They play 30. So you can lose one and still be in the hunt. One team with less to play for this year, Jim, is Oklahoma State. They had an appeal denied last Wednesday and will be banned from postseason play. I'm going to lay this out for you. You tell me whether or not you think this is deserved. Okay. Postseason ban. Um, Oklahoma State first to get in front of their narrative is touting this as the first postseason ban for an offense other than those that have been stated as lack of institutional control. So okay. the big things, the big issues. Here's basically what happened. The FBI caught former Oklahoma State assistant Lamont Evans accepting at least 18 grand in bribes to steer players at Oklahoma State and other schools, his previous school, South Carolina, to certain agents and financial advisors. Yeah. There's no evidence that he brought bought recruits, the people to the schools. Once they were there, he was kind of steering them towards agents. Um, there's no evidence that these student athletes were paid to remain in school or to do anything. Um, the only athlete of record right now that's known to receive anything from Evans is Jeffrey Carroll, who I believe was at South Carolina. And he received $300 that he apparently also paid back. Carroll, as part of this whole thing, served a three-game suspension for this transgression during the 2018-2019 season. Obviously, this happened at South Carolina. He also was at US or USC has had similar issues in the past without a postseason ban. Nope. General thoughts from an outside perspective. Nope, don't remove that ban, but I don't even see the reasoning for it. The NIL is in place. Like, what is the point? Well, this is all from years ago, right? So this is before still... NIL. So like... this this came into a lot. So Cade Cunningham, the number one draft pick in last year's NBA draft, was somebody that they were thinking was a part of this whole thing. And they were saying from the beginning, he got to Oklahoma State because I think his brother became an assistant coach at Oklahoma State the year he started there. And he was being funneled because of being paid money and blah, 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 blah. So I think this is the, we can't get Cade Cunningham yet, but we think this is true. So we're going to screw you guys over. That's dumb. I agree. See, we agree on something with basketball this week. 
And next in this week's Fast Five, Fast Five, Fast Five, Brown. basketball gym. Yeah, but this is this is good this stuff is, here. Let's talk this, about this. This is this league, right? Yeah. We're, I think we're there. I think we've reached Well, this we're status. getting close. Okay. Newly elected New York City Mayor Eric Adams plans to reevaluate the COVID vaccine mandates in January, potentially paving the way for Kyrie to rejoin the Nets. Yes, Jim. <laughs> this is good radio when you're sitting there not saying anything. I don't know what you're... to say. <laughs> like, I just read this, but like, I jumped ahead on you, and then I yeah. read this, and I was like, I, I gotta have a retort, but... No. No? No retort? I don't know that I can. Like, we're waiting on a governor to change the mandates. Is the mayor. So that, or the mayor to... Ch- yeah. re- so that Kyrie can play basketball. Well, that's the narrative that's being spun. I think we all get that. And of course, if you're just hired, you're going to say, oh, yeah, I'll reevaluate this. Whether it's going to be changed or not is to be determined. So we will see. But anyway, that's going to be the chatter for the next two months about this political situation. Um, I'm good. Hawks point guard Trey Young may have evidence now that officials have it out for him. As the video shows, one may have called him a a crybaby on the court, which he has said has been happening anyway, but there may be some lip service going to this now, some legitimate video evidence. If he has video of officials calling him a crybaby, I can see how that would be an issue, Mm -hmm. but if you are a crybaby... Shoe fits that where we're at. That might be a problem. So I don't I don't know. I'm trying to figure out what like James Harden, right? James Harden's been all over this anyway. Like is his because he's not getting the fouls called. Like if there's anybody in my mind that's hit the news in this way, it's gonna be James Harden. Why Trey Young is this person right now, I don't get. Refs can't talk like that. I don't care who you are, refs can't talk like that. Even like, if a guy was like, LeBron's a flop master, I'd be like, yeah, but you can't say that. So, something's got to be done about that about him saying it. Like, there's got to be some kind of fine or something. Well, at least they're not fixing games yet. Yeah. That's another story for another day. The, the fix yeah. is in there. Um, in a story that I didn't see coming until I started doing some research, Suns and WNBA Mercury majority owner Robert Sarver, Sarver is under fire as an ESPN report that includes over 70 interviews leads to information coming out about him using racist and sexist language for years leading to a hostile work environment. But it's from ESPN, so it shouldn't count, right? It's an ESPN report of 70 plus interviews. Okay. See, the report has come out, Jim. Got it. They have a report now. Got it. The other one's being investigated. Uh, I did read this. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. And go ahead and finish the next point. Put that in there before I talk anymore. So former Suns head coach Earl Watson, who was around for potentially some of this per the report, now with the Raptors and his assistant, says that he recalls conversations when Sarver was using the N-word in reference to players specifically, I think Draymond Green was the quote that was put out there um, and doesn't wish to continue to engage with the media on this topic, but is thankful that others have 
spoke out and shared their thoughts, issues, opinions, and stories. 70 interviews. A coach that comes out, Mr. Earl Watson. I have faith that Adam Silver will handle Sarver accordingly. Full faith. That's how I feel. Like we have we have faith in this commissioner. If ever there was a league that would handle stuff like this, the NBA is that. Yes, this this could be the um, Clippers. Well, well, potentially that too. But looking at whatever happens here could be where you see the world start to force the NFL to start taking some action. No, you're pipe dreaming now, buddy. I'm just saying this is an owner being investigated by internally by the league at this point. Pipe dreaming. If we did, if the Clippers didn't start any action, this ain't going to do anything. I think... Well, then how, just, how's Adam? How's Adam Silver going to work this? Because that's an owner. Well, they got rid of the Clippers owner. Remember? Well, that's what I'm saying. But okay, that happened then. But they're going to get rid of this owner too. No, I think so. I don't think Adam Silver has that power by himself, though. They that's did it the before. Owners, that's the owners that have to agree to that. I think. Oh, I think the they'll do it. Okay, that's what I'm saying. It's got to be the owners that that get into that. But I don't think that will impact the NFL. I think the NFL is not going <laughs> to change not one bit. The NFL is down their path, and that's where it's yep. going. All right. Yep. And last in this week's Fast Five, Fast Five, Fast Five. Combat sports. Uh, two big things happened. The UFC 268 and a giant boxing event. I'll start with UFC 268. Karbu Osama defeated Colby Covington. To... What? Who spawned? Yeah, that's what I said. You did say who spawned. What I say? It's like Usama. Oh, uh, that's not what I meant. Usman. So <laughs> to make sure I, we get that out. That's totally my fault. Uh, he's stretching, stretching his win streak to nineteen. If he wins his next bout, he will tie Anderson Silva. He is on a quest to be the best welterweight of all time. A title that most say is held by George Saint Pierre. It's interesting. I mean, when you think goat in. UFC, you would think George St. Pierre mostly. And it's hard to say anybody else. Some yeah. people say Chuck Liddell. Yeah, Chuck ruined that when he decided to fight and get knocked out a bunch. Yeah. And GSP is like the and tell me if I'm wrong, is like the one person that there was never really any concerns about what he was doing to his body either. Yeah, like I mean, he, he was, was all natural kind of guy. Yeah. So it's interesting. I think it's hard to replace, be like somebody saying they're the next Tom Brady and it being like legit. It could be mm-hmm. close. This is this is possible. So it's be interesting to watch. In the co-main event, uh, Rose Namahuanas narrowly retains her title in a split decision uh, win over Zhang Wahili. Uh, when it comes to female fighters, um, there's like three. And she's one of the top three as far as Mount Rushmore goes. Mana Nunez is one. Uh, I'm blanking on the third. Not Ronda Rousey. She, she is uh, like, she's goat level as far as. Cyborg? No, too much juice. <laughs> um, but I mean, as far as fighting right now, she's she's up there. Yeah. Um, but it's cool that she held on to her title. Also at UFC uh, 
268. Legend Frankie Edgar, why he's still fighting, <clears throat> got knocked out by Marlon Vera. There's a lot of drama in this, some middle fingers in the middle of the fight. But I just brought it in here to say Frankie Edgar got knocked out and probably, much like Chuck Liddell, should hang it up, Frankie. Uh, the opening fight to this muff, Justin Gave. I'm going to botch that name. If you're going to ask me, then Guyfi. I had no idea. And Michael Chan- and Chandler put on a freaking war. Justin wins by a hell of a hell of a fight unanimous decision but it was just like they threw caution in the wind if you can watch a replay do that uh justin's trying to call out cormier or somebody i don't know but just watch this fight lastly for the ufc uh john cokehead jones is looking for a new gym muff gym muff that's interesting looking for a new place to work out his previous gym has banned him after his domestic charge with his fiance yeah now Jones is declaring, yeah, he won't be returning there. No shit, John. You were banned from there. <laughs> Let's say, like, it's an interesting statement after you're not allowed to do something. He feels their program just isn't as the same as it used to be. Well, they didn't offer you Coke? I, what, what do you mean? And hasn't been the same for a while because you haven't been there. Uh, but he'll root for his old teammates. Well, th- gee, thanks, John. So that's the UFC. Uh, as far as boxing's concerned, Muff, we don't have a lot of this happen in our lives, and it's been because of boxing losing its luster. And yeah, well, the uh, UFC, UFC coming into prominence. Yeah, <clears throat> um, but Canelo Alvarez is now the super middleweight undisputed champion, and to many, and I mean by a lot, many people feel he's the pound for pound best boxer in the world. Um, he unified the WBA, WBC, WBO, and IB, IBF belts at this weight division when he beat Caleb Plant in the 11th round by TKO. Only five other boxers have done this. Um, a guy at cruiserweight, Bernard Hopkins at middleweight, Jermaine Taylor at middleweight, Terrence Crawford at super lightweight, and Josh Taylor at super lightweight. He is the first Latino to do this. Um it's a hell of a feat for a boxer to unify all the belts. Some would say what's next for uh, Mr. Alvarez. Is it a third fight for triple G now? The best part about this muff. And I think this is why Alvarez should be our guy. I'm putting up our contendership for our guy. The first fight with triple G was a draw. The second fight Alvarez won pretty good, but I mean, it was warranted maybe a third fight. Right. Okay. He could do that, mm-hmm. except Triple, Triple G has been fighting scrubs. So there's nothing like. He doesn't have any oh, titles to bring to the fight. Right. Or Alvarez could bump up to the next weight class and challenge Arthur Beaterby for the IBF and WBC light heavyweight championship and then start a march to unify the light heavyweight championships. And that's what he'll probably do. This man's hunting to is fighting to build a legacy, not chasing money. We don't see that 
No, we don't. We don't. I mean, in the era of us seeing Conor McGregor be able to get into the ring and get a hundred million dollar payday for no real good reason. Floyd. We see, right. We see the Paul brothers mm-hmm. play a money grab with washed up boxers and athletes at this point. Like, yep. This is, yeah. And then Canelo Alvarez is like falling below the radar, which yeah. is, imp- which is hilarious to think of because of what he's done. But he's, he's a true falling, boxer. He is. He's falling under the radar. This is like, this is like Teddy Atlas stuff. Like, yeah. You, you hear Teddy Atlas talking about things. This is what he's talking about, but you don't hear about it because we got all the other noise. Yeah. So I, this is, he's our guy. He's my guy. I, I nominated him for the show guy. I mean, as far as boxing, I think he's got to be the guy. There we there's go. Nobody, there's nobody else. I mean, unless we're going to go for like Tyson Fury, but he's just our guy because he's a character. He's a, he's a jagaloo. Right. I mean, he wins, but he's also winning at a, not a great time for heavyweights. So. Right. So that wraps boxing. up. This week's Fast Five, Fast Five, Fast Five. Bam. But we have bonus. bonus. Bonus time. Bonus time. Return of an original segment. Okay. <laughs> so I promised you, Muff, that I was going to cancel the uh, the asshat. It just brought too much negativity. I mean, you didn't promise me you did. <laughs> yeah, I canceled it. <laughs> but as I was researching for the show, I've decided we have to bring it back for a special occasion. Yep. Mars area high school goalie, who happens to be female, faced this is, a crowd. This is in the Pittsburgh area, just so we're in aware. The Pittsburgh area. Sorry, you're going to yeah. have to help me. You're from the area. Yeah. Faced a crowd of 50 to 60 morons on October 28th from Armstrong High School. Now, I should clarify this female goalie was playing on a men's team at a high school event. Uh, These 50 to 60 morons chose to shout sexually vulgar and obscene statements at this goalie. Okay. I've seen some of the things they said. The video went viral. (sighs) The things that they said were so bad that league commissioner felt that the game should have been stopped and the behavior addressed. Unfortunately, it was not. Armstrong's principal, the school where these morons went, said that uh, he was appalled and embarrassed. He was disgusted. The parents and security guards did nothing to stop the, the chance and feels like they should have. You're correct, Mr. Principal. Now, this isn't the first female to participate in the league. This isn't, while it's very noble of her and very you know brave of her to step in there, she's just playing hockey. Uh, the female plays on both the JV and varsity teams because Mars needs players. Uh, now, sanctions after the fact were handed out. Armstrong students uh, received bans uh, the school's prohibited. The school's team is on probation for the remainder of the season, including the playoffs. So just don't do that behavior again. We're watching you. Siblings of varsity players can attend only if they enter and sit with a parent or guardian. The rest, if you don't have a team uh, family member playing, you can't come. And the school must provide a faculty member or administrator at each home game and away game to serve as a monitor. Um, the school is looking 
to sanction the students from that student section who participated. So they're they're trying to handle it. Megan Duggan, uh, U.S. Women's Hockey Olympian, sent a message of support to the goalie who returned to the ice Saturday. Muff, this upsets me. Really? I don't. I, I, did, like, I, did, I didn't think you set this up to say that you've got not much to say. This ups- <laughs> I, I'm trying to contain the level of anger. Yeah. Um, well, while, of- while you're getting it, I'm going to, by no means, this. I am trying to point out the logistics that may not have to have been addressed much in hockey. Typically, logistically, you're not going to have an ice rink at your high school yes well it wasn't at their high school it was at the right school. and this is and this is yeah this is what i'm that's that's the point i'm gonna not point i'm gonna make that's the information i'm going to toss out there when you have things away from facility or away from your high school facility how much onus is there already on the facility management of that and how much is required and i don't know what, i don't know the answer to this required by each of the high schools that are participating at that arena correct correct and that's and i don't it sounds like not much is what that's i'm getting fair. at here and that's what i got too i agree yeah i read that and that's just to say the i think the governing bodies of these athletic clubs or of these sports or if you're going to be having these high school athletes playing in this and it's a sanctioned thing then you've got to have more involvement from the schools that's yes, what i, I really want to get to yeah. i agree Here's my thing. Mm-hmm. One, and I wasn't going to say this, but I'm going to say it. The girl was crying on her bench, crying on her bench in the second period. Now she came out, she finished the game, I assume. Mm-hmm. I think so. But to make an individual, male, female, don't care, to that point, by heckling them, is ridiculously wrong to say the things that these gentlemen said or people i don't even know they're gentlemen to say the things that they were that were said shame on you but this was a student section so there's some onus on the parents this behavior is okay to them on these to these students which means that the parents, they had to pick it up from somewhere. I'll agree to a point. There's also the group mentality here. I'm not saying that sure. every yes, every single, you, yeah, I'm not saying thank every you, single person in there was like, this is okay to me. Correct. Also willing participants in group a group thought. situation and group thought. Correct. Yeah. Thank you, Muff. Yes. I'm not going to say all I... 50 or 60. Right. It all it takes is three or four. Sure. In this case. And Absolutely. It, it snowballs from there. This is where I'm really pissed off. There had to be one adult in that arena. One. Walk up. I don't care how many it is. 60 kids. And say, knock it off. Knock it off. Stand up for another human being. Mm-hmm. And say enough. I understand it's group mentality. But if the whole arena is cheering... Or saying the thing, 60 people is enough to make enough noise. Some of the profane shit that was said to this poor female 
go over and stop it. Make it stop. That's it. Make that shit stop. To the young lady that had that happen, I, I'm truly sorry. I hope that you overcome that harassment and lots of success. To you 50, 60 jagaloons that thought it was a great idea, you're a bunch of asshats. I'm glad she got back on the ice. And that's probably as nice as I can put it right now. And that's the return, the return of the asshat. And that wraps up another fantastic voyage through the sports stuff with Jim and Muff Mines. A little a return of the asshat. We had a little contentious conversation around uh, the Aaron Rodgers situation. Using use the word contentious. You got to put, put butts in the seats, my man. Put, people in, put, the, put the episode in people's ears. It's an yeah. argument. One of us is going to be right. One of us is going to be wrong, right? That's how it's got to sure. go. Yeah, I can't wait till the invest- investigation comes out and yeah. you're wrong. Yeah. Adam Schefter reports it on behalf of ESPN. So before uh, we what really is that, wrap this up, what is the Adam Schefter bomb going to be on this? This is what I'm like. How is he going to present this? I'm really curious because it's going to come out. It's going to take a week or two, but it's going to come out. How do you? How did Pat take it? How did Pat Mahomes take it? Pat Mahomes. Not Pat, Pat Mahomes. McAfee. Pat McAfee. Pat McAfee was very he gave Aaron Rodgers the platform to say his piece. He did. He asked him go. He asked a few questions at the end, but did not get into like, in fact, from the start, Pat McAfee said, people have been on my ass about this situation, the immunized situation from the beginning. He's like, you know, they know I have the platform. They know I talk to you. He's like, Pat McAfee's pretty much, he's well known for saying, listen, I'm just a sports guy. Like I'm not here to have the political discussions. I'm not here for these debates. I'm here to shed light on professional athletes outside of what everyone else asked them. So he's like, no, I'm not going to ask that question. It's not my place. So in this case, when all of this went down, I think it was on Wednesday or Thursday, Batman, he's like, yes, we've reached out to Aaron. We're going to try to get him on the show. <laughs> we'll see what happens. So Friday he comes on the show. And he's just like, all right, Aaron, floor is yours. Say your piece. This is your opportunity to say what you want to say. And even afterwards, Pat McAfee asked a few questions like, we're probably going to get canceled by half the world somewhere around here. So whatever. But this is what this is what I want to do. I want to give somebody the opportunity to speak their piece on our show. And this is what it is. So hate me or love me. Here we are. Again, I just. Whether he's immunized or vaccinated or I, my thing is like you misplayed your cards. Well, obviously, or else it wouldn't be a big deal right now. And that that's shocking to me. That he misplayed them that badly? That it was that that bad. Yeah. America's sweetheart misplayed his cards. Well, he's there's there's no win for him in the public public world right now. He's either going to be hated by one half of the world or the other half of the world. So uh, see, I think he could have walked away from this clean had he taken the Kyrie route. Which which side is that? The listen, I'm Just doing totally... research. I'm doing research. 
Oh, he's I mean, you listen, you when you listen to this, you'll you'll hear it. He did his research. Not only did he do his research, but he had a whole medical group doing research with him. So and then then follow the rules and call it good. Don't say I'm immunized. If that that phrase is what tanked him. Yeah. That the word is is what put him in. He he talks about what that means, whether it's just to him, I don't know. He talks about it in this interview. Um we'll you know, just for just for the world, we'll put this out in the middle of the week. We'll put the link to that episode. So if you want to listen to it, you can to form your own opinion about Aaron Rodgers, his thoughts, his opinions, and what he did in this situation. Like it or love it, it's out there for the world. Take us home, Muff. All right. Well, I almost did the betting episode closing. Um, Follow us at Sports Jim Muff, Instagram and Twitter. Let us know how you feel. Jim, if you didn't know this, share them stats with you. Getting quite a lot of Quite a lot of downloads and listens in the past weeks. Some good What's things. Some good things. I don't know where it's coming from. I don't know if it's people that have hopped on the degenerate freight train that we are. Um, but we're getting the play. We're getting the play. So do all the things that we ask you to do. Follow us. Retweet us. Like it. Love it. Gotta have it. And as always, tell a friend. Make a friend. Be, Be- a- a- Friend.